0: to Intentional Inclusion with the Diversity Doctor, your weekly dose of diversity and inclusion content with me, your host, Dr. Donna DeHaan. I want to help as many organisations as possible create people-centred businesses because I know that when your people thrive, so too does your bottom line. I'm here to help you move from professing an interest in d to implementing practices that will change the way you do business for the better. So, if you're looking to truly make an impact with your DNI efforts, You're in the right place, my friend. Every week, I will give you the perfect mix of theory and practice to help you create a business where everyone and your bottom line can thrive. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, my friend, and welcome to episode seven of Intentional Inclusion with the Diversity Doctor. I'm your host, Dr. Donna DeHaan, aka The Diversity Doctor, and I am incredibly grateful that you have chosen to spend the next 15 to 20 minutes of your time being intentionally inclusive. Because no matter what you do, if you work for an organisation or you work for yourself, if you're studying, if you're a volunteer, a parent, a friend, being intentionally inclusive in a way we make decisions is what I believe so very important. It's our daily opportunity to make a difference. In the world right now it can feel, well basically it feels overwhelming and unsafe at least to me because I'm, I'm recording this episode after news is broken of yet another school shooting in America and there are numerous wars going on in the world including one very close to home here in Europe between Ukraine and Russia. There's talk of another potential pandemic outbreak and corruption And it's just a lot. It's a lot to deal with. And each of these topics is wrapped up in diversity and inclusion. Diversity and inclusion is weaved through everything, but especially these big topics. And it can feel overwhelming. It can feel like, well, what can I do or how can I make a difference? So if this resonates with you today, please take a moment to appreciate that you are doing something. Right now, listening to this podcast, you are choosing to be intentionally inclusive. And hopefully, the content that I share in this episode or other episodes helps you take that intentional inclusion and embed it in the decisions that you make. And those decisions, like I said, can be related to how we speak to each other, how we speak to our children, um, choices that we make, um, organizations, companies that we work for or buy from, It really is a way of seeing the world and traveling through the world. So I just wanted to say thank you. You are doing something and I appreciate what you're doing right now listening to this podcast. Okay, now talking about overwhelm and the weight many of us carry when we view the world through the lens of diversity and inclusion, let me bring us back to the content of this week's episode because today I want to focus on boundaries and specifically the difference between barriers and boundaries. So in the last episode, episode six, and um, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can easily bounce back to that if you haven't already listened to it. I talked about how to identify and remove barriers and I explained that this is key to any diversity and inclusion work. So in other words, understanding what it is that prevents someone from entering and feeling safe in any given space. This could be a physical barrier, like stairs, for example, into a building, which for individuals who use a mobility aid or who have a pushchair, for example, this is a barrier that could stop them entering into that space, a physical barrier. But a barrier could also be culturally embedded. For example, in some countries, women and girls are prevented from going to school or participating in sport or even watching sport. A barrier could also be a systemic barrier, a way of working in systems that are ingrained with biases that means it's far easier for one type of person, generally speaking white men, to reach the top of an organizational hierarchy for example. So if a group of people are missing from any space, it is because there have been barriers or roadblocks along the way that have held them back, slowed them down or simply prevented them from even getting a foot in the door. I know that better decisions are made when diverse voices contribute to decision making processes. I know that people thrive when they feel safe. And I know it's our basic human need to belong. I know that diverse and inclusive organisations outperform those that are filled with only one type of person. And I know that my life's work is to help identify and break down barriers which leave people feeling excluded. So these things I know. But I also know that it doesn't mean everybody needs to be included in every space. Inclusion does not mean including everyone. Now, I'm going to say that again in case you were multitasking and you you thought you heard me wrong because it does sound like a contradiction and you might have thought you misheard me. So let me say it again. Inclusion does not mean including everyone. Now, this can be a bit of a, a bit of a, Confusing point. So, I'm going to try and break that down for you in this episode. Let me give you an example. If you need to make a decision about whether or not to, I don't know, take on a new client at work, for example, and say your organization employs 100 people, you're not going to ask all 100 people whether or not they think you should take on this new client because we would never get work done if we included all of those 100 people in every single decision we're going to make. It could be about new clients. It could be about um, installing a coffee machine, or or it could be about who we have in for catering. Anything, okay? You can't include the hundred people in every decision that you need to make in your business. We don't have the time for that, and those hundred people also don't have the time, right? It's not their job to sit in and make every single decision within a within the organisation within your business. And research shows that decision-making is optimal with only seven to eight people. That doesn't mean that you only ever speak to seven to eight people, seven to eight, not 78, seven to eight people when you're trying to make a decision, but it means that at each point of making the decisions, more than seven to eight people in a room were not going to get to consensus. So in this instance, inviting more people to the decision-making table will not help. But it is about making sure that the seven to eight people who are in the room making the decision are representative of your organization, or in this case, the client, for example. And I explain more about this in the inclusive meetings toolkit. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But the important thing to remember is inclusion doesn't mean including everyone. It means being intentional about who we include. So as a d scholar, researcher, consultant, educator and trainer, I am interested in different perspectives. I want to understand different lived experience. I cannot walk in your shoes, but I can listen to your story and I can believe you when you tell me this is your experience. Now, I am aware that I have my own biases and my own blind spots. So I am not looking to spend my time with people who agree with me on everything. There's no growth there and <laughs> I have three children so that never happens because each one of them certainly doesn't agree with what i'm putting on their on their plate for dinner time for example so i'm constantly being challenged <laughs> so that's not going to happen but i also don't want this consensus i don't want to build yes people around me that that have the same perspective as me because then my vision of the world is 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 a tunnel vision and that's not what i want i want to spend my time with people who are open and who are ready to be inspired and who are themselves inspiring. I want to be challenged and I want to be shown a different way of doing something because there's always a different way, there's always a better way and this is where growth comes from. However, I still choose my battles. I'm gonna explain, let me give you this one example. So, should the incredibly unlikely situation ever arise that I am asked to spend time with Donald Trump? as I said, incredibly unlikely situation, that me, Dr. Donald Ahern, was invited to spend time with Donald Trump. If that situation occurred, if I was invited to spend time with that person, I would politely decline the opportunity. Donald and I have absolutely nothing in common, but that is not the reason I would not want to spend time with him. I would happily spend time in a room with someone who has completely different opinions from me, who sees the world completely differently than I do, if I thought that other person was as open to hearing my perspective as I am to theirs. Then we could both leave the room after an hour and still agree to disagree, and that would have been time well spent, if that time had been used to respectfully and actively listen to one another. But spending time with someone who has no intention of listening, well that my friend is never time well spent. I do not care if you think you are the most powerful, most important, most powerful person in the room. If you do not respect others in the room, then in my my opinion, you have no self-respect. And without respect, there can be no intentional inclusion. So I choose my battles. I would choose not to spend that hour in a room with Donald Trump, I would choose to spend that time with somebody else because time is our most precious resource. Now, a lot of people react to wokeness as being oversensitive. So I keep hearing this a lot. And again, recently over the weekend, I can't remember what I was listening to, but it it came up again. It's this, oh my goodness, I can't say anything anymore without someone being offended. But let's break that down. So now you're offended, Because I was offended because of something you said? I mean, this is just a vicious circle that is going nowhere. Now, there are comedians whose jokes I find offensive, so I choose not to listen to them. There are companies whose ways of working, whose culture, I find offensive. I choose not to work for them or buy from them. The way Donald Trump speaks about women, I personally find incredibly offensive. I would choose not to be in a room with him. These are my choices. These are my boundaries. Being inclusive does not mean we walk through life without boundaries. Barriers can stop us feeling safe in a place. They can stop us entering a space and they can stop us feeling safe in a space. But boundaries can help us feel safe in a space. In episode three, I talked about why it's just so important to establish and understand your why for D&I. And if you haven't listened to that already, I highly recommend you do. I'll put a link to it in the show notes to make it easy for you to get back there. But the point is that understanding why you care about DNI will help you become super intentional with your DNI efforts, which ultimately helps set set up your boundaries. I know my boundaries are linked to my why for DNI. There are lines I will not cross, and there are lines I will not let you cross, because it's about me being my an um, authentic self and having integrity and going about my business according to my values and sometimes there will be an an individual or an organization whose values are not aligned with mine and it is absolutely okay for me to set that boundary in place and say okay we're not going to cross this line together now let me share an example of um, I was recently working with a client a specific department within a large, organization and they want their department to be more diverse and inclusive. So I asked them to get super clear on the current personas who work in their department because until we know who's there we don't know who's missing. I then asked them to create new personas so we can start to identify and therefore find those who are missing. Now several individuals within this group found this incredibly challenging and felt we should create personas because we should simply include everyone. So they would say, but Donna, what's the point in creating personas because we want to be inclusive and therefore we're just, we just, anyone can come and work for us. So I asked them if I would need to speak Dutch to work in their department and they said yes. And I asked them if I would need a specific university degree to work in their department and they said yes. And I asked them if I would need certain technical skills to work for them and they said yes. So when I told them that I had none of these things, but I wanted to be included in their department, would they offer me a job? They rightfully said no, because I wouldn't be a good fit. I wouldn't be capable of doing the job. The important thing to understand here is which of these things are barriers and which are boundaries. Education, as I discussed in last week's episode, can be a barrier. Not everyone has access to it. Not everyone has Uh, Geographical access to education or certainly the financial um, uh, needs, the financial uh, resources, that's the word I'm looking for, the financial resources to be able to access education. Simply acquiring a degree, and I worked in academia for 20 years, I'm not dismissing the relevance or importance of academia or higher education. I'm just saying that there are barriers for people to access it. Coming out with a degree simply means that I had the opportunity to do that level of study. It's not a direct correlation to how intelligent I am. So education in itself is a barrier. So we need to get super clear on what is it that someone with a university degree would bring to the table? Why are we putting that down as a requirement for a job? Is it that there is a level of specific knowledge or skills, for example, that we assume somebody would come to the table if they have had this particular degree? So the education itself is a barrier, but the specific subject knowledge and the skills that you're looking for, they are boundaries. This is the ring fence of something that you need in order to do this job. So then we can break this down. Is there another way of finding and accepting someone that has the skills and knowledge that we need, the boundaries that we are looking for to come and work in this team, by, but in the same time, removing the barrier that could stop them. Right? So maybe another way of acquiring those subjects specific skills or knowledge is through work experience. So maybe I didn't have a degree, but I've worked for 20 years in this field and therefore I'm bringing this level of knowledge and skills. Or maybe I got the education from a different um, from a different medium. Maybe it's not uh, from a university. maybe I didn't get that qualification, but I've done 101 different, types of qualifications that that together give me the skills and knowledge that you're looking for or maybe you could provide the on the job training maybe that's something that again in terms of trying to attract different candidates into your pool maybe that's not actually a requirement at entry level maybe that's on the job training that you can offer because having the assumption that what you need only comes from one type of person and from one background is an assumption based in biases. This is what forms your barriers and we need to break those down. There is always a different path. Remember Einstein's definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. In this case, if you want to recruit different personas into your team, then go about the recruitment in a different way. Again, you are not simply inviting everyone and anyone to join your team because you have clear boundaries. And the boundaries are there to, to, they work from both ways. So I will not feel, if you'd have said yes to me coming to work in this team without speaking Dutch, without the qualifications, without the experience, I would not have survived in that team. I would not have thrived. I would not feel a sense of belonging. So by simply opening up your doors and telling me I'm invited because you want to be inclusive to everybody, well, I wouldn't feel included once I got into that team. So boundaries make everyone feel safe. Clear boundaries. So we're consistently looking to identify and break down barriers, and we are consistently looking to identify and articulate clear boundaries. And these boundaries are linked to your why for DNI. Why why this boundary and not that boundary? Why do you want these skills? Why do you want this experience? How is that linked to a diverse and inclusive um, community of employees within your organization? So I hope this makes sense. It's a little bit um, sort of complicated on some extent to understand the difference between boundaries and barriers. But it's really important that we we take the time to understand that they are different things and they are both requirements of D&I work. So let me just recap briefly. Boundaries. No, I'm going to start with barriers. (laughs) Rewind. Boundaries. Stop. No, barriers. See, this is complicated for me as well. I do apologize. I'm not going to edit. I'm going to rewind and get this clear for you. Barriers. Let's start with barriers. Barriers are something that stops somebody either entering a space or feeling safe and included in that space barriers stop people entering a space or feeling safe in a space boundaries are what ring fence that space okay so they create the the safety net the outline of what is required inclusion does not mean including everyone it means being intentional understanding why go back to your why for dni so oh we got there in the end i hope this makes sense Please review the show notes because I'll clarify it a little bit more if um, you're a visual learner and it helps to see things written down. Also remember that there's always great valuable links in the show notes. Thank you again for spending time with me this week. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you. And that's it for this week. I hope you now have a clear understanding of the difference between barriers and boundaries. Until next week, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this episode useful, please hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please share with someone who you think may benefit from the content discussed today. Remember, there's always useful links included in the show notes that will take you directly to additional, relevant, value-packed resources. So please take a moment to check them out. That's it for this week. Again, thank you for being intentionally inclusive. Until next week, my friend.